think you need to <laughs> fuck up. I think you need to back the fuck off. I think you need to fuck the fuck off. Uh, <laughs> if Ant-Man put his hand on Thor's hammer when he turned into a miniature size, would that also turn the hammer miniature size? Um... <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yes. yes. I don't know. I don't fucking. I thought you were gonna ask like, could he mo- could he move it? it? Was like, well, if he was worthy, and I was like, could it shrink? I'm just like, uh, fuck. Oh. Yeah. He's still doing that impression, and oh. I don't. I wouldn't call that an impression. <laughs> I would call that. A weirdly sexual reaction, maybe, but I don't know that I can. David, bring the tea. Welcome into Film Tank the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode of Film Tank, we discuss the sixth entry into the Alien series, which is Alien Covenant, starring Michael Fassbender and Catherine Waterston. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hey there, everybody, and welcome into episode 113 of Film Tank. I am Alex Diekman, along with my two usual buddies here, Nick Cheney and Toussaint Egan. Alex, mm-hmm. Nick, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that we're here, and I'm so glad that you could join me here today for this covenant. Nick, how's it going, man? Doing good? Not anymore. No. Okay, I didn't think so. You guys. Yeah. Every episode. You, you know what? You're you're a big part of the problem here. So yes. fuck off. <laughs> so the film we are talking about today is the new Ridley Scott sci-fi project, which is Alien Covenant. After all those years of this isn't an Alien series, now we've just embraced it, and it's now back to the Alien series 100%. Uh, this particular film uh obviously not this exact film but the alien film that came out this year was supposed to be uh directed by what's his name uh neil blumkamp yeah we talked about that a little bit we did nothing of value was really lost though no nope nope especially since neil blumkamp's career arc has gone in a very wrong direction went right in the chappy yeah Start with District 9 and ended with Chappie. <laughs> you, you, you either die as District 9 or you end up becoming Chappie. Yeah, well. Uh, um, oh, boy. You have to have a nice Batman reference there, so that's good. Sorry. That's fine. So this particular... Apology accepted. Yeah, <laughs> this particular film surrounds a crew aboard the colony ship the covenant wow this doesn't sound familiar at all uh they are bound for a remote planet on the far side of the galaxy where they discover what they think is an uncharted paradise but in actuality is a dark and dangerous world when they uncover a threat beyond their imagination they must attempt a harrowing escape 
That was a long synopsis, and it's not your fault. It's I- IMDb's yeah, fault. It so. probably could have just ended after the first uh, sentence. Actually, yeah, could have just left it hanging there. Yeah. So uh, this film is directed by Ridley Scott, who does his second sci-fi project in a row, which is probably a good idea, and stars Michael Fassbender returning as David and also playing another uh, cyborg named Walter. Walter. Uh, in addition, Catherine Waterston is here along with Billy Crudup, Danny McBride, Damien Brashear, Carmen uh, Jogo. Okay. It was a good try. And who am I thinking of? Who? Oh, oh James Franco. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't forget about him. Did you can't forget about him. Name Amy Simons, who's the star of Upstream Color and the creator of Stars, The Girlfriend Experience. I did not name well, her. And also Nomi Rapaz. Sort of, yeah. Not really. Yeah, no. no. And That's Toussaint's like favorite Michael part. Michael Shannon's stars in Batman v Superman. Okay, so. Toussaint's favorite uh, part mm-hmm. and favorite actor from this film, Guy Pierce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's still doing that impression, and oh. I don't. I wouldn't call that an impression. <laughs> I would call that a weirdly sexual reaction, maybe, but I don't know that I can. David, bring the tea. All right, can we go? We're trying. Can we? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. So we've made it here to this film after all of the other Alien films and even the spinoffs that we're not even including in this universe. Yeah. And uh, this appears to not be ending uh, after this film. No. There will be more at some point. Yeah. So all that being said, let's focus in on this particular film as we've talked a little bit about the alien universe previously when we talked about Prometheus oh, yes, uh, about two years ago now. Yeah. So Tucson, this is this is your this is your thing. I would actually You don't want to go first. I would actually elect to go last because I have a yes. lot of thoughts, but I just okay. like to get out of the way. Okay. Um why don't we start with me? Yeah. I don't, me. No, I don't go care. for it, man. Okay. I was gonna I was gonna say I didn't know who wants to go first. Yeah. Uh, out of everybody here, I have the least experience with the Alien series. Um, I've only seen Prometheus and the original Alien, mm-hmm. and obviously this film now. Yeah. But I've never seen James Cameron's Aliens. I've never seen Alien 3. David Fincher. Yeah, and I've never seen Alien Resurrection. <clears throat> Written by Joss Whedon. Yeah. So I, I've never seen... That's any- how I think of those. Good yeah. job, Nick. <laughs> any of those... So I, I'm, I don't have two things going. I don't have... A complete knowledge of the entire franchise. That was one. And also, too, I don't know if I have the same... On the other side of the coin, tired feeling about this series is... Oh, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but I, I certainly could see, as with other franchises that have gone for many, many years... People just getting tired of seeing pretty much the same thing every time. Mm -hmm. So, without any of that, really, uh, I was very interested in this film. I thought the trailer, the first trailer for this film was absolutely fantastic. And I had high expectations, actually, for this, because I probably like Prometheus more than about anybody. Uh, I'm a huge fan of that film, actually. Gave it three and a half out of five. And, yeah, I just thought this was 
fine. I I didn't think there was anything horrible or great about this. Um, it was just kind of there. It had high moments and low moments and a bunch in between. And it just, like other films recently, um, specifically the last Fast and the Furious film, this just didn't move the needle for me at all. It was just kind of there. Uh, I didn't have a very strong opinion one way or the other on almost every action throughout this film. Um, I thought the effects were really good. I thought a lot of the set design was pretty good. Um, I thought the acting was definitely fine for the most part in, in a lot of spaces. Uh, I, I don't know about Michael Fassbender's dual character. I thought that that was, was pretty good, but at times I felt like it was whenever you have a person talking to a CGI version of himself, no matter how they film the scenes, it's always kind of, for me at least, hard to really hammer that home. And I thought he did fine, but so I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on this film actually, which is probably a different end than both of you guys. So I'm okay. We'll coax them out. I was going to say, uh, I'm with our flute. I, yeah. Hey, there you go. That's actually a recorder. Get your shit together. I I have more <laughs> I have more thoughts on this, but I don't have a whole lot of them. I I didn't think this was overly great. I yeah. thought this was not necessarily thought provoking or yeah. like memorable. No, I thought this was just a bridge to the next film. To be totally honest with you, mm. that included a fantastic action scene about halfway through. So yeah, so I've got more thoughts. Uh, the scene in the. Uh, at nighttime and kind of before the... they got back on the yeah. ship. Yeah. Oh, okay. Awesome. Or before they reached David's place. Yeah. And yeah. Then, okay. And then he that sends was... off the flare with yeah. the okay. Jesus cloak on. Yeah. 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 So the Luke Skywalker cloak. That's fine. Come Either with way. me if you want to be bred. <laughs> oh. So yeah, I, I've got other thoughts, but I'll pass it on to you guys because I don't have I don't have much else. There to should be incubated, really. To to say yes, Nick. To yeah. start off, so Nick, please go. Well, hey, boys and girls. Hey. Um, as you probably remember or don't, I'm a fan of this franchise. Um, Alien, the very first one by Ridley Scott, is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, I think it's easily one of the greatest sci-fi films ever made. Agreed. And what I got to say, though, is probably blasphemous to a lot of other people, which is that I prefer any Ridley Scott directed alien film to all the ones that came uh, in between, so to Including speak. Aliens. Including Alien. Okay. And I like Aliens, and I think it's a good film, and I understand why people even put it on the same tier as Alien, because yeah. what Aliens is to modern day, I should say, action blockbusters, I think Alien is to modern day sci-fi blockbusters. Every single... I, I will go so far as to say that nearly every single sci-fi film, like at least mid-tier sci-fi film, including most sci-fi video games, draw themselves from either one of two reference, and that is either Alien or Aliens. Yeah. I mean, the the big difference between the two, and I'm not talking about quality, but is right. that Alien are for people who love the sci-fi ship movies where they can't get off the ship, and mm-hmm. they're, you know, and Aliens is... For the exact opposite, the people who shoot bangs, right? Want them to get off and start fucking flamethrowing the entire colonies and planets, fucking so and flamethrowing. Much more of a spectacle in a very good way because the effects by James Cameron are actually fantastic. And yeah. 
So, um, with that said, I'm also a fan of Prometheus, mostly because I find it to be pretty to look at, which may be shallow, but it's true and it, it does. It is pretty. Yeah, and it does enjoy or enhance my enjoyment. Um, I also think that for all of its stoner philosophizing, it's at least audacious. Like, um, whether you think it's a seed, it is genuinely a big budget blockbuster that is more interested in <laughs> trying to parse through maybe not any kind of nuanced sub-molecular level, but it is a movie that is asking questions of its characters that most blockbusters would try to avoid. And maybe there's merit to avoiding it if you can't do it, but um, yes, you saw I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt you. Well, your face is, so... I'm sorry. No, but what do you, what I, do you want to say? I will agree that Prometheus is a film that does ask those... It, it attempts to ask those giant space apparatic, like, existential questions. And really, what Prometheus is more preoccupied with, as opposed to, like, the previous Alien films, Alien and Aliens and, and therefore how, like, yeah. w- w- afterwards, is that it's more um, concerned with this existential cosmic horror versus the sort of... Xenomorphic, xenomorphic like body horror that you see in, in in that sort of space, but I don't feel like it deserves a uh, a participation prize just for asking those questions and not really following them through meaningfully. Well, here's what I'll say to that, That's which okay. is that I I don't necessarily think it deserves a participation prize, but I want more films like Prometheus than I do all other blockbusters that are shallow and vain. I, and... I will concede that I agree that I want more films in this vein, but I want better films oh. in this vein. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I also think anybody who wants, I would say, better answers from a movie like Prometheus, you got to not... show me your data too, because not... <laughs> like there are no, and I think maybe that's why I kind of like Prometheus, beguiling nature. There are no... Good answers to those kind of questions. So, as long as you're giving me Ridley Scott's mise-en-scene with this freshman-level, you know, philosophy, fine, whatever. I that's what I want out of a big-budget blockbuster, so to speak. Okay, now moving on to Alien Covenant, though. Okay. Um, which I do think is a marked improvement, personally, over Prometheus. What I like is that he doesn't apologize for Prometheus the movie. I, I like that he does try to bridge the gap a tiny bit here. Like, obviously, shoehorning, and I think a lot of people probably aren't going to like this for this reason, but shoehorning a more typical alien structure by letting the xenomorph go loose while the crew is dealing with their own Prometheus-like adventure. While it may be incongruous... Um, at parts, I, I still found it fascinating all the same, you, scene you by about, scene. When you talk about <clears throat> the connection between this and Prometheus and shoehorning, even though I actually kind of enjoyed it, the opening Guy Pierce. I'm saying shoehorning the alien No, aspect. no, but I, I'm just talking about okay. in general, if you yeah. want to talk comparisons and, and connections between this film and Prometheus. Yeah. If you ha- don't have the Guy Pierce scene, this is a completely different, could just be very much thought of a completely different universe. Really? For the first like forty minutes, sure. First forty minutes, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, it minutes. wasn't already framed that the character that you're looking at is not David, but rather is Walter, mm-hmm. um, and that they're 
if I didn't know that there was a David and that this David existed in the same year, I can understand. I mean, where these characters are saying, from. "Oh, it's been ten years since Prometheus landed." Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, guess... I mean, at that they've had they did have small mentions, yeah. but if you didn't have those small little glimpses, like leading up to that, that uh, up until the scene when the they flare. have their first interaction with David, there's no true connection between Prometheus and this film. Yeah, they start out separately enough. Yeah. Um. But overall, I, I enjoyed this movie. I, I, I'm I getting more and more fascinated by Ridley Scott's insistence of um, this android kind of takeover, both in the narrative sense and in the universe sense. Um, I still think that part of what makes this whole thing, this movie in particular, is fascinating is the doubling down of the character of David slash Walter because I think that Ridley Scott... I mean, think about it this way. It, if... The let's say the progression of like David to Walter, it, I, I just find it ironic that a movie in which an android is essentially responsible for creating what we know will be the xenomorphs of our yesteryear's nightmare, so mm-hmm. to speak. Like I don't think that there's a more clear parallel um, between that and Ridley Scott himself, a, a man who was kind of started out as a product of a mechanized Hollywood system who can't help himself from trying to create these monsters. And at everybody that are beautiful to him, but sort yeah. of horrifying to everybody else. Yeah. I like that. So I, I really Very think novel that point, David yeah. is one of his most endearing characters because I think it's easily one of his most uh, cut from the same claw. And I'm not saying he set out to make a metafictional movie, but I think this is coming effortlessly from him and without apologies mm-hmm. because of how close it is to him. Yeah. Um, and before I pass it off, I'll say that um, one of the reasons why this is my favorite uh, alien film since the first Alien is pretty simple, which is that this is the first crew that I've actually felt like I got to know in the right. short uh, time span of you know watching the movie since the original. Like I think this group of people is honestly my favorite group since the original Alien. I movie. like Tennessee. I like Daniels. I like so the people involved. Since we're here yeah. talking about the crew. I've read very little about this film in terms of reviews and people's thoughts on it. So if it's been covered and there's reasoning for it and people have opinions on it, then sorry if I'm beating a dead horse. So yeah. huh? So pretty much everybody on the crew being married to a different crew member, is that... Yes, that's deliberate. That I, is that what? I get that it's deliberate, but is it... What would be the Noah's Ark? No, it's the couple really? off. You know, you have David trying, and that's another reason why I like this movie. Okay. Is the the um, <laughs> the differences between a human's uh, reaction to the future and an android's, which is that the humans are doing this biblical Noah's Ark uh, excursion because they think that more is better and all David is trying to do is go back to the Garden of Eden and start from zero again as long as it's his own creation so um, yeah no I think it was a pretty clear Noah's Ark thing okay for me good I just just made the the note of all them being together yeah there you go once like it was funny because once I'm like, okay, they're coupled off or whatever. And then, like, the second one happened, I'm like, this is weird. And then, like, when the third person said, oh, that's my way, I was like, oh, twos. 
And then there's the the one uh, couple that are just two men, and you know, yeah, yeah. Right on, Ridley. Yeah. <laughs> Toussaint. Okay, um, so I elected to go last because, um, like Nick, I am a big fan of the Alien franchise, and I think of everyone. <laughs> I, I saw that with your chest burst right now. That's very... No, I was, like, kind of sweating a little bit. So. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I am also probably the most vocal um, detractor of Prometheus from one of our initial first episodes. You can listen back to that episode. Um, I stand by everything I say, except for the rating. I will kind of, like, make note of that um, maybe <laughs> in this, this episode. But I, I don't feel like I can talk about Covenant without talking about Prometheus a little bit just because I feel like they are two halves of the same whole. Um, yeah, I, I, I've learned to... I've made peace with, with Prometheus as, as time has gone on. I don't think that it's a spectacular film. I think that it's a visually interesting film. Um, I think that it's pretty to look at. I think that it's, it's, it's marginally entertaining to like follow the cause of action. I think that there are good scenes, such as the whole like amputation of the the alien inside of uh, Naomi Rapace's like stomach. That's a really notable scene. Um, but yeah, I feel like it was uh, too purposely obtuse. I felt like it was trying to claw at some grander existential meaning and sort of falling on its face. Uh, not simply for the fact that it was trying to like delve with these sort of unanswerable questions. I feel like that there's, there's virtue to that, but I just feel like the actual structure and the causality of the film and sometimes some of the editing of it just did not make any fucking sense. And so I, while I'm, while it's asking me to sort of like ponder and sort of like, Ken, these like larger questions, I'm still trying at the ground level to understand why the fuck are these characters doing this? Why did this character do this? How did they get from here to there? What is this? What 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 the fuck is going on? And and so it's just kind of like mired in that. And there's just like there's also the the problem of a lot of the most basic ground level questions are answered in material which is not in the actual film itself, but is predicated on you actually seeing that in order to understand it. And I think that's fucking stupid and cheap. Um, but in hindsight, I think that it is a it's it is tolerable. I tolerate Prometheus and I actually tolerate Prometheus a lot more having seen Covenant, having said that it is sort of like the antecedent to its precedent, um, just because I feel like it brings a lot of those those themes and those questions that were in the, the first film, like it brings them full circle in, in my opinion. Um, I like Alien Covenant. I, I, I really do like it. I don't think that I, I love it as much as as alien or even aliens i think that is a it's a serviceable film i think that yeah like a lot of the characters do do stupid things nowhere near as fucking stupid as prometheus mind you but i'm willing to turn a blind eye to that well not a blind eye but i'm really more willing to roll my eyes at that criticism simply for the fact that in a horror movie everybody does something stupid Everybody does something stupid. We would like to think that would be the calm, cool, collected guy. But guess what? If you saw some writhing, chitinous, like hunched backed, like ghoulish penis allegory about to like amputate through your face, you would not just like, oh, I know exactly what to do. And it's like the fact is that these characters don't know what to do because they've never encountered. They live in a universe where the alien films have never existed. They don't know what the fuck this thing is. They're missing out. I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like, especially for, for uh, this is going to be a weird question and I'm going to circle back to this. Um, 
it seems really off the topic, but I'm I'm going to bring it bring it back home. Okay, so I want to ask Ridley Scott when when he's, he's not here. No, so. when did his <laughs> sorry when when did his brother Tony pass away? I was like what, like seven years ago or something? Seven years ago. Okay. I thought it was when I was in college, so I want to say it was a little earlier than, or I mean, later than that. Okay. Like twenty twelve ish. Okay. Because I remember you and I talked about Tony Scott passing away. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So I want to say it was early. Two thousand twelve. It yep. is. Yeah, so so it's yeah. five years ago. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um. So <laughs> right. <laughs> it. It's been a been a while since Tony passed away, and I think that it's under like broad consensus that Ridley has not really been the same since his brother passed away. His output and sort of like his demeanor in, in certain cases has just sort of like changed, um, and I think that's also attributed. I, I think that's also attributable to. I don't think he's been the same since The Martian won Best Comedy. Um, I think okay. he saw a society completely misreading his work. So. Here's here's what I'm trying to say with this. I'm trying to get this out of out of my head and onto the actual mic. There's been a lot of news about how Ridley Scott wants to make subsequent sequels to like Alien Covenant. He wants to make like at least four. He's like pushing eighty right now, and he's already like within twelve months. I'm ready to film like the next one and stuff. Right? I feel like kind of echoing your theory, uh, Nick, where you think that David is sort of like analogous to Ridley Scott. I feel like. Peter Wayland is actually, in in some respects, like another half of like something that is sort of like analogous to Ridley Scott because experiencing like seeing his brother die and realizing that he's not going to live forever. I think the we all know that Ridley Scott has all of these like working projects that he wants to do, but he will probably never get around to actually making like the Forever War and like other shit like that. And now he's like trying to get five Alien films crammed out in who knows how much time. I feel like he's sort of analogous to Peter Wellen that he's just trying to like – I think he's trying to make up for the mistake of leaving the Alien franchise in somebody else's hands and he wants to try to like rectify that. But he can't do that because those films still exist and no matter how much he wants to keep on making these films over and over, he can't live forever and he can't like do those 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 decisions over again. And I honestly feel like – He's already answered as many questions as is necessary within this one film, and so that any subsequent film after this feels redundant. I I feel like we have we already if you if you cannot piece together how the xenomorph that we come to know in the first Alien film, how that xenomorph actually managed to expand outward into the universe, with the fact that at the end of this film, David has pretty much an entire population of human like guinea pigs on which to reiterate this process and to basically like splay out his, all of his creations to whatever corner of the universe he wants to. Like if you cannot connect a to B in that situation and you need four subsequent films in order to like get to that point just to see it, then I think that it's just, I, 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 I give up. I give up on you. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. So, but wrapping it up. Yeah. I like alien covenant. So this is a really, really, really tired argument for any <clears throat> any sort of film, whatever. Um, but I'm going to go there because why not? Um, do you feel at all that David has kind of like Nazi things going on in terms of 
No. 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 I yeah. think that okay. David initially modeled his persona and his image after I'm more concerned that Arabia. you seem to see Nazism in everything you uh, see. There's a lot of bad guys out there. There's a lot of <laughs> bad, bad guys. Yeah. I mean, just the, just the kind I mean, of... Eh. Him saying Heil Hitler, Genesism. I thought was more of a metaphor for how they should all like hail him, David. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, just it's just kind of the over the top. And and I think some of what I'm feeling comes a little bit back to um the first film with Guy Pierce and sort of the way he portrayed himself and portrayed that onto David and that kind of thing. And even the the kind of blonde, blue eyed type thing with that. I don't know. I just no. Okay. No, I can. I I, I, see, I see where you're. you're don't you're, don't you're, walk this plank. I'm not walking this plank. <laughs> but I, I get back I, on the I, ship. I, okay. Oh. Don't oh, even yeah. let the man talk. Okay. This isn't this isn't the Hugh Laurie leg thing. Okay. This isn't. That. No, that actually has even more tangible God evidence than this does. <laughs> I just think. Maybe there's a tendency out there to attribute any evil Machi, not even Machiavellian, but any evil maliciousness giant yeah. to like as like Hitler because he's the gold standard. But uh, now there's a lot of evil, evil people okay. out there. It's not like they have like other an actual rank and regime of people. I mean, it just falls right. apart. Not he's, yet. He's just an evil. I don't think that at least from the beginning he was setting out to do a. Uh, okay. A Hitler allegory. He wasn't oh. trying to like go for some like Aryan youth sort of evocation with that. Just but, asking. That's okay. Yeah, yeah that's, I'm, no problem. That's not a theory or anything. I yeah. just was curious what no, your guys' thoughts were. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this in response to what Toussaint was saying earlier about how you're not, you don't want like four or five more films, which is completely understandable. Yeah. I'll say this, though. I definitely want one more, and not because I need to know how the alien was created. I'm, I didn't need to know that before Prometheus created, but I do think this could be, for my eyes, a genuinely good trilogy as the trilogy of David, so to speak. Uh, um, only because it's not so much that I can't tell where it's going, but I would like to see a final film, uh, one more, in which it's less about the xenomorph, even though it won't literally be, but no. and more about just how did we either... Because what's interesting is if this all takes place before the alien timeline, so mm-hmm. to speak, <clears throat> um, there has to be some kind of acknowledgement of, like, not so much of David himself, but of this weird blip in history in which androids apparently were <laughs> somewhat malfunctioning. Because while that does happen in Alien, it was better disguised in mm-hmm. the original Alien. So I'd love to see if it was, like... Basically, if David gets defeated, and then they think they've won. But if you start Alien up again, you'll see that I, even there they haven't. I, I, I sort of – I didn't – maybe this is going to be controversial. I didn't I didn't need an answer for who the, who created the Xenomorph because I don't really give a fuck. It doesn't matter who created the Xenomorph. Like the Xenomorph, literally the etymology of its name is supposed to be an unknown – like other life form that's what xenomorph is supposed to mean um but that's because we didn't know that's because we didn't know um but that's why science is important are you a, are you a climate change denier no i'm a flat earther um so 
I I actually enjoy uh, David being the creator of the actual xenomorph that we now know of because I feel like in some unofficial full circle way it sort of like gives a little more heft to Alex in the the first film like admiring the sort of perfection of the xenomorph and I'm just like he would admire it because he would recognize it as I'm not I'm not sure if he would understand it but maybe like it's it's sort of like poetic that he would admire the 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 craftsmanship so to speak of one of his own ilk yeah yeah, and I, I'm kind of a fan of, between these two films, of the rabbit hole logic, which is why I don't think Prometheus is perfect or even, like, great or anything like that, but why I kind of do enjoy its lofty goals, because I do think it is a rabbit hole to try and trace any point of creationism mm-hmm. to an origin, Yeah, because I like that there's the xenomorphs, there's the androids, there's the humans, and then there's, you know, and so just that chain of command alone is kind of fascinating because it doesn't matter how far you pull that back, it's still just going to keep going, and whatever you do find will probably be anticlimactic. Yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoy origin stories that are more talking about how a person becomes something and rather how a person comes to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, uh, as I was speaking earlier about the crew, um, I really dug Danny McBride in this movie. Yeah, um, I was surprised about that. Shit, he put on a good performance. He did, and he wasn't overused, and yet he was also pretty integral. Like, I didn't think he was going to. I thought he was going to be more of like a, kind of like what Idris Elba was in the last movie, where certainly he was casted because he was... Wanna fuck? Yes. But like, by the end, was like one of the most unimportant yeah. and unintriguing characters. He was funny, but he didn't chew the scenery, which is something I was worried that they were going to like have him do. Which is why someone like Danny McBride is actually a perfect fit, because he's a comic actor, mm-hmm. and so someone like Ridley Scott could cast someone like him and just rein it in and get the desired effect than trying to get what I would say like a dramatic actor trying to spout off one-liners, you know. Um, But no, overall, I thought um, he was pretty great, um, especially him surviving. (laughs) You know, I never would have thought that when I first sat down. He won't be in the next film. Why not? Was Naomi Rapace in this film? She survived at the end of Prometheus. Doesn't really I don't really think Nomi Rapaz like gets invited back to things. <laughs> um, I I think that <laughs> David's gonna gonna have some work done on on those two. But yeah. I, I have to say that you know normally I I fucking hate him. I absolutely hate his guts. But I feel like James Franco really knocked it out of the park. <laughs> this one he. Um, Okay. He, he Those re- 14 seconds he were in. Were... Yeah, he. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he really dominated it. I, I, I was like, Good. man, that's great. Great. Yeah. Okay. I think it raised it by like half a star for me. I, oh. you know. I'm, um, I'm, I'm concerned about your rating system right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. It says more about you than it does about James Franco. I'm really happy about it. Um, okay. Amy Simons was great um, in her little role. <laughs> um, I love Billy Crudup. And even though he was, like, chief stupid in this movie, um, <laughs> I actually liked that it was him being chief stupid because he's got this kind of voice of authority. And so I liked his usual 
passive coolness kind of not put to the test but uh, overshadowed by the shit hitting the fan in this movie now i didn't watch the last supper clip again but is he supposed to be like a religious figure who's trying to adopt a more logical persona so as to assert authority and legitimacy to his claim is the last supper some kind of web supplemento yeah it's one of those yeah i didn't see it i don't watch any deleted scenes like I, just these projects need to work on their own, and I think it yep, does. they do. I'm just saying. Yeah, um, I feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I don't know what happens in that. Okay. Because, yeah. Because, I, no, I because he's either. he's all about, like, like they don't trust me because the company didn't trust me because they think of somebody who believes in religion is illogical and they well, can't make yeah. the right decisions. Like, David, I saw the devil when I was a kid, and I never forgot him. Like, you know, there's, like, the little... Little tidbits right there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was gonna say he said that in the movie itself. Yeah. That's what um, wait. So really quick though. So what was your question? Do you think that is he supposed to be like this religious figure who is trying to adopt a logical persona? No, I thought he was a religious figure trying to adopt a religious anything. Like uh, the whole point with man of science versus man of faith type thing with Catherine Watterson's Daniels being the more logic says we should get out of here. Mm. And not have faith, so yeah. no, I thought he was just a religious person. Maybe not like dogmatic in his like yeah. beliefs in the sense that, but certainly he was in the unique position in in which he is uh, on a science excursion that is um, being led by a man of faith. Oh, ye of little faith! Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Apparently, he doesn't have very much faith in their mission because the first place they find that isn't where they're supposed to go they pull over and take the exit so you know hey man he's not free climbing here he's just taking the evidence and he's just following it to its best conclusion he sees a habitable planet nobody wants to get back from those pods nobody yeah but they do at the end so but nobody (laughs) wants to that's you're forgetting that a lot of shit elapsed in the time that that happened, okay? Yeah. I think it was like, oh, getting back in those pods? What could be worse than that? Oh, shit. Get back in that pod. Yeah. I guess. It's fine. You, you don't want to do that with these films. You don't want to do that. You don't, don't want to ask too many Yeah, don't questions. ask questions. Don't ask questions. Can I just say, I've been reading a lot lately about people hating the twist of this movie. The what? twist being the David Walter switcheroo, which makes no sense to me. I mean, I, I called that. It's not about calling it. it seems, First of all, it I seems... also hate people who say they call twists Sorry. when well, we're trying to talk about twists. Because, shit. hold on. It's kind of obvious, isn't it? Right. That's what I mean. Like, the best moments in horror are not when something pops out of nowhere, but are when something can creep up on you. And you want them to... Do or figure out what the audience knows. So I feel like the actual revelation of that twist was cool. Yeah, I was gonna say I liked it because I knew it was coming, but the manner in which it was revealed was really unsettling. Because yeah, a just the manner of her being trapped, but b I I didn't know what was gonna you know, and I liked that it was actually something that I think an android would not think of. Like it wasn't like a um, she saw a wire sticking out of his butt that was clearly. David's wire. I don't know, just something stupid, but that it was that he doesn't have his memories, which is something an android can't recreate or, you know, and that I liked a lot. I went to go see this film a second time because I fell asleep a couple of times during the initial (laughs) viewing, not because it was, Mm -hmm. it was boring, but just because I was a little bit sleepy. Sure. Um, (laughs) And I was just kind of struck by 
the impromptu dedication that David went to become Walter by actually amputating off his own hand because he doesn't have his hand. And I'm just like, yo, that is... That's thinking on your feet and not, like, well, I mean, giving a fuck about it. Would have been a little <laughs> obvious if he came back with his no, but, arm tucked into his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it's... it's it, I, 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 I... Ye of little faith, it's grown back. <laughs> what? This uh, is I my thought... body. Now, right. the, the whole thing is that, that at least the, that I saw, was that the, the tip-off comes earlier on when he's repairing something that Walter wouldn't have needed to have repaired or something like that yeah. when he gets back on the ship or something. I I don't yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. But yeah. I, um you know I, what I did fucking hate. <laughs> well, I was gonna sorry, okay. is it gonna go off of some something different than okay. We okay. Yeah. So I mean, I completely understand what you guys are saying about just embracing that it's not really a twist. I mean it, it technically is, but it's not a surprise, I guess you'll say. Like it was, it was a change in direction with the story, and you you guys enjoy it. And I, you know, I I didn't love that part of it. I think the the biggest thing for me is that it just seemed like that was the plan all along for him, as he was basically doing everything he could to look like Walter early on, like probably in the middle of the second act somewhere when he Cutting cuts his, his hair. hair. Yeah. yeah. So, like, at that point, I was like, oh, he's going to, he's going to, there yeah. gonna, okay. And, I mean, the, it, it, I, I don't know how to really feel about it, though, because on the one hand, I'm annoyed by it because it's like, all right, I've seen this a million times. Like, this is pretty obvious. But on the other hand, like, it, it does make for a great finale at the end when he's doing that. And then he somehow pulls all the alien balls out of his mouth and puts them into the. <laughs> those those and, are embryos. Yes, I'm aware. Thank yeah. you. Those are not testicles. I, I, I know what I'm, they are. Yes, I know it. Yeah, okay. I was a little confused. A little Scrotal bit. recall. And then he walks away, listening to Wagner as the film cuts to credits. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. I I'm, I thought he I'm, was going to twirl a basketball as he walked. That would be amazing. That would have been amazing. But he couldn't what, do as, it because he's not as good as uh, David. No, as a as a. Call well, he is that. David. Or he's not as good. Never mind. He's not as good as he yeah. used to be on the first. Uh, All right. So I, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm it. a little conflicted on on that because I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I still didn't care for it. So, Tucson, what were you gonna say? Uh, the thing that I could not fucking stand that I thought was it, it kind of, it did not break my suspension of disbelief. It, it broke my suspension of bullshit. Like I'm willing to tolerate some some sci-fi bullshit. I am not willing to tolerate when Daniels is on top of the the uh, the freighter thing being piloted by a ten like Tennessee, I think, and she she's she's buoyed to the thing like she's she's uh, tied to the rappel line. She falls off the side and starts. She like, would have just followed the straight line. She would have been fine. No, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> and she actually falls off of the actual like platform she's hanging there and then sees the alien like crawling on the bottom and then starts like shooting at i thought that looked so fucking corny i thought it looked really fucking corny i was like this is not cool what are you gonna do with the xenomorph at this point like you gotta what? do something that looks a little different <laughs> 
Yeah, speaking of... That's what you could say about this entire fucking franchise from this point on. Well, speaking of the Xenomorph, um, I thought the sequences which featured the... uh, the Xenomorph were, for the most part, I thought pretty fun. Um, I will say the first few scenes, though, um, in which he's bathed in the light and you can truly see every part of him, the CGI was really stretching credibility, especially because this franchise got its start with H.R. Geiger practical effects. So it's not so much that I'm saying I, I mourn the old days or anything like that, but <laughs> in-universe, it's a little sad when... Um, that kind of thing goes from mind-blowing even 40 years later to not up to even what I would consider 2017 standards. Like, it, I've seen much better CGI. Is, 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 it, a, is it a challenge thing of, of trying to force CGI into to light? Because Just money, I think. Really? Because like we know that if you do CGI well in poor lighting or in the dark with fire or that kind of thing it could look really 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 good yeah and cgi during the daytime you could end up with star lord caressing the dinosaur in jurassic world where Uh it's like god this is terrible what are Uh we doing so yeah it's just like is it just a challenge that they want to be the first person that does something that looks really really good in very bright conditions. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's uh, more along the lines of uh, when you have a director like Scott who can do whatever they want. Well, yeah. It's more of like, well, we're going to have this. Well, then the only way we can have that is we need to do VFX because we don't have the production schedule, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I, I thought past that, though, the nighttime scene outside of the... David's place looked great. Was wonderful. I mm-hmm. thought the uh, the... The stuff toward the end was also pretty great. Um, so for the most part, I, I enjoyed the inclusion of the Xenomorph. What about the uh, what about the arrival at the engineers' little gathering, and then they just pretty much get wiped out in about three seconds? I mean, yeah. I it makes sense that yeah. David would do that. He that that whole conversation that he has with uh, Wayland at the beginning of I love I love of, I love of, the ending of that of when Covenant. he has him. Oh, uh, at the beginning of this film, at right? The, at the beginning of Covenant and also um, the conversation in Prometheus when he's talking to the asshole boyfriend mm-hmm. where he's just like, what did you expect to like get from your, your creators? Like, I wanted to know why they, they created us. Like, why did you create me? Because we could. And it's like, imagine how disappointed you would feel if somebody said the same thing to you. At, at the beginning of this film, though, when uh, when Waylon is... is pretty obviously kind of pissed off at oh, David. Oh, yeah, he is. And he just is like, well, you can go pour my tea now. Yeah, you can pour my tea And now. he does, yeah. and he brings it back, and you can tell he puts just the right amount in there. It's like, mm! Yeah. I yeah. love that. And he... David doesn't understand why he has to be subservient, or he questions his subservience to a master who will ultimately die, and he's going to live forever. And then he, he has to ask the question of the person who created his own master, and so in order to basically become the master of himself he has to kill the god of his god in order yeah. to become a god himself it was just the way that it happened it was just like well, well this biblical. is biblical yeah it was yeah. it was just yep so there there you go yep so what do you guys think about the future not that we have to get into what exactly it's going to look like but Let's say that they do put the next Alien film into production one year from today, and we have another film in 2019 in the series. I what do you do? You want it to 
to be anything more than these two films have been. I, I don't yeah. want to I mean, I said it earlier, but I just want this to be a good David trilogy Yeah, yeah. where we're wrapping up his story and we don't need to go further than that. I don't want another alien film after this just because I feel like it ties a really strong end to it. But I can totally see the desire for a David trilogy, and I will concede that that would be interesting. Sort of in the same vein of how our last episode with Prometheus, um, where I said I absolutely fucking hate that film, but I'd still be interested in seeing a film of Paradise. And lo and behold, this is this is that film, and I and I enjoyed it. So I'll I'll. Fuck it. Let's give it another one. My, my biggest, Let's spin the wheel again. My biggest concern about a future installment, and I mean future just being the next one. I don't know about any future after yeah. that. But is the one thing I don't want... I can understand why they did it for this movie, but the one thing I don't want it to be is another reset to zero. Like, um, you know, Prometheus crew either gets largely, if not almost all of them, get killed off. And then David wipes out the other person remaining, so that way when the next crew comes, David can outsmart them. I prefer that the final movie moves into territory where any human that are in the movie are fully well aware of who David is and what his motives are, and that's part of the conflict. I don't want it to be another David sits behind the desk and laughs to himself as all the humans make silly mistakes and you know that kind of thing. So... um yeah, like it. As much as this was kind of a retread of the first movie, it will be a. I would say it'll enter actual redundancy territory if the third movie does the same through line. So yes, being someone who is commented that I've only seen three of these films, and the only one from before Prometheus was the original Alien film. Uh, for me, uh, I see the triumphant return uh of the the person being whoever that is giving them all information which is what's the name of it it's not is it mother yeah mother okay yeah Yeah, that's the same thing okay now is that throughout all of the films up until prometheus or most in the first film actually i mean yeah mother was never a bigger character than in the first film okay i definitely know that there are references to mother in some of the other so what is that just for me? Because I, I just, I guess I just I don't necessarily know. It's like a what... shipboard AI. Okay, but is it is it just a shipboard? Does it go all the way back to Earth? Like how how there, involved is it? It's a shipboard AI that basically works as that retro future equivalent of a calculator and the internet basically does all these calculations tells you where you need to go and if you remember in the first movie there's a scene in which i believe it's ripley uh is using mother and they're like the camera itself is showing you exactly what she's typing in to mm-hmm. mother and it works like he said like google like she's literally saying mother what is and like not just asking what are our coordinates but actually just asking full-out questions now that seemingly a computer wouldn't be able to answer right from our perspective which is why but, but it's an advanced computer right and that's what i mean so but where i get confused is mother is very much like if david himself with a computer chip and not corrupted, I guess, you know, but like it has the, like he said, AI, it's not just a, um, a Siri, but it's an actual cognizant, sentient AI system that is only embedded into like a ship's hub. Because the, 
the David Standen in the in the first film, who is the the doctor. Yeah. Now he, the mother, tells him to bring the xenomorph back to Earth, yep. right? So it just gets my wheels spinning of of this being kind of a more wipeout humanity type thing. Is David is not the only. No, it, the idea this. is that these machines corrupt absolutely, so to speak. Like, okay. it, you know, if if we set out to make something as complex as a David or the mother, eventually they will unite and all be on the same wavelength in not having any regard for human life. And then we'll have yeah. Alien Judgment Day. Right. And the idea, I think, is also kind of just a... An, um, Easter egg, but I certainly think there's thematic resonance to, to having a called mother, mm-hmm. especially now that we have a David. Because as much as um, the one from the first movie was similar to David, like David's whole arc is about being a creation, and so I, you know, he's he's born from the fallibility of a human being, which is Waylon, and the um, irreverent disregard for any being that's not like itself like mother because I'm guessing David's own AI is somewhat copied from the same kind of code that kind of thing hmm. so that's why he's got a mother and a father still can't believe you just completely trust my Nazi argument why <laughs> I mean Nick just offered like valid substantiated like discourse about like what mother is and yeah. kind of its ties to the entire like alien trilogy versus the whole Nazi thing no I mean I'm, I, yeah I'm <laughs> yeah. Not, I'm not saying that he's a Nazi. I'm talking about Nazi-like superiority beliefs. I mean, yeah, but it, Nazis are not the only people who ever thought themselves superior. I, I, I don't think right. that eugenicism is is exclusive to that of the the Nazis. I yeah. think that there are a lot of. I think I think that that's that's more of something that's a staple of just the crazed um, scientist than it is of the. The white nationalists. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is more. Yeah. No, I'm just not even. No. I just don't think it's really there. Whoa. Okay. Good. That's fine. Yeah. You don't have to. Cool. Don't. There you go. Awesome. Movies. Let's talk about this spaceship and how this fucking spaceship is so cool, especially when they let loose the solar sails, and then there's that fucking like, that that fucking like plasma like pulse, then just like wrecks everybody's shit. I love that the first 30 minutes of this film accomplishes the same arc and amount of action that encompassed the entirety of Prometheus. Pretty much. And did it better. I was like, fuck yeah. I loved the the, the fucking like proto-xenomorph first beating its way out of a man's like spinal cord and spilling out of his body. I thought that was fucking sick. And I also loved... Um, the other proto xenomorph who just like splits out of a of a man's like jaw and just like pours out like oh my god it was so sick oh yeah man. I, I was gonna say that was definitely <laughs> I wouldn't say it was overdone yeah. but it did feel like okay what's one of the most iconic scenes in any alien movie oh the chestburster. Where else can it pop out of? You know, <laughs> like I was waiting for an a- a xenomorph to pop out of somebody's ass. I was maybe I, the next one. I was waiting for somebody to go to the the restroom and ended up. Oh well, it's oh it's not a kidney stone. 
No, that's all right. That was uh, it was pretty great when we were Fuck. sitting in the theater and uh, they're in the shower and then the hole pops there and then Tucson just says it's a glory hole. Oh man, that was great. Yeah, it went. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I don't. I don't apologize. Maybe you should have stayed sleeping. I don't. I don't apologize for that. I literally just woke up and looked up and I'm like it's a glory hole, and then I went back to bed. <laughs> that's that's not. Uh, you probably don't want that audio of just that selected there. <laughs> I woke up, said, oh, it's a glory hole, and I went back to <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Anything else before my final thoughts? Um, yeah, that whole Mortal Kombat fight between Walter and uh, David is fucking stupid. Yeah. It's really... I, I, did not, I did not think that I was going to walk into an alien film, and I was going to see Wire Foo. I think that's... Please don't do that ever again, really, Scott. Please don't ever do that again. Um, but yeah, I, 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 w- I want to comment a little bit about sort of like the, the, the divisiveness, the critical divisiveness of this film. Because I feel like after we got out of the film, I kind of pressed the – I kind of probed like the working question of like, is the original Alien film overrated? And what I meant by that was like it's not that I'm not a fan of the original Alien film. It's not that I don't think that it is a classic. But here is the condition by which I qualify something as overrated and how I believe that something does become overrated. It's when – You say it is? No, it's not when I say it is, okay? It's not when I say it is. Like the, the, the quality of what makes a thing overrated is when we stop having meaningful discussions about the qualities for which – make a film or a product of media significant not only for its time but after its time but rather we just kind of like fall back on these 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 self-evident arguments like oh man alien it's great it's one of the most influential films of this time but why is that we don't talk about that and for somebody who has never really approached that sort of like franchise before and all they hear are those so those self-evident arguments it inevitably builds up a larger and even uh, more um, misconstrued shadow of an image for what the quality and what the worth of that product is. And so when they go into it and they're just like, I don't understand what the fuck this is. It's like, it's like when my friends went to community college and they took a film class and they had a substitute who basically sat them down to watch Citizen Kane, told them it was the greatest film of all time, and gave them no absolute, absolutely no historical context whatsoever. You're shaking your head now, right now, Nick. But I'm that's... only shaking my head because it's film one one. You got to start off with something a little exactly more digestible, like Good Luck, Miss Wyckoff. Or don't do that. Um... Don't do that again. Don't. <laughs> you, you know what I'm what I'm what I'm getting at though. Is that enough for you? you... Damn, I'm. He's a boss. You need to stop. Okay. <laughs> Um, but that's sort of the, the quality that I'm, I'm thinking about that right now is like, I'm, I'm trying to parse out what were the things that made aliens so influential and so good for its time. And the, and the, and the primary fact of what I think that is, is because alien at that point for all the things that it did, it showed a, it, it showed a sort of dereliction in space. It showed like working class people in space. It had a prominent female um, protagonist who wasn't just relegated um, to a, a love interest and didn't have to rely on anyone else other than herself. It had a psychosexual uh, alien creature that had one of the most memorable silhouettes of, of any of any film character that I think of. But I think most importantly of all of those qualities that went into it, Alien had no precedent. Yeah. And so by that quality and, and, and even going on to like Aliens, even though Aliens is a sequel – 
that by its own end exists on a the opposite end of the spectrum versus sci-fi horror and sci-fi action horror. I feel like between those two, there's this entire like bandwidth that you can only either be at one side of the spectrum or the other. You can't exist. You can't go farther outside of Alien because Alien or exists. You can't go outside of Aliens because Aliens already exist. So either way, you're going to end up being a uh, half image of either one of those films. And so I think that a lot of that 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 frustration that comes out of like watching something like Prometheus or watching something like Aliens or or Alien Covenant is the fact that these films can by their nature as as prequels as as sequels they're always owed to the precedent of something that has existed and come out before them, and so they can never truly aspire to that intangible quality, which makes that those those two films great on their own, classics on their own, and so they will inevitably always fall short of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this, which is that you, you're right in the sense, yeah, there's no precedent set for Alien, which is why it obviously came. With a fury, as far as the now, they could be shit films on their own, but I'm yeah. saying <clears throat> constantly, right. like marking them, like you have to acknowledge that they are they're an antecedent but, of something. But l- yeah, but looking at that even deeper, I think what makes Alien Alien the very first film mm-hmm. is that it exists in a vacuum, even considering a sequel. Yes, like, it never was intended to be a franchise, nope. and is only telling a complete story from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And I think Ridley knew that, even though other directors stepped in. And I think it's telling that that's why he's making prequels, because he knows that there's nowhere to go except for going backwards and fi- finding out how we got here. Now, I'm not saying that the answers that come from those questions are going to be at all worth it. Yeah. But because he seems to acknowledge the futileness of trying to outdo Alien, I'm totally fine with this inverted uh, trajectory, so to speak. And I think for him to – like these two films, what I, what I think is interesting and kind of fascinating is that – we had Alien, and then we had three movies made by completely different people with no association with Ridley Scott, so to speak. And I think these movies are literally his response to the people that made other Alien movies yeah. after him, saying, stop, you can't make the same movie over and over. And But there is an entire universe of mythology out there. And while it's maybe clumsily handled at points, maybe... Uh, outreaches its grass and all that kind of stuff. I more admire his attempt to at least try to tell a new story. And maybe it's a little too spaced out, so to speak, because mm-hmm. you could have told Way too much. right. You could have told David's probably if he's got three movies. Could have told all three of those stories in one film. There's at least like three decades of in-universe time between the events of this film and the alien. Right. But at least he kind of recognizes that the future of this um, franchise franchise series is not the Xenomorph itself, but of the people and the situations that led to its birth. And And not so much as an answer-giving machine, but as a another version of his kind of horror funhouse in space. And I would agree with that. Um, I guess particularly in the case of Prometheus, which was almost dogged in its 
in its defiance of trying to not have the xenomorph in it at all, except for that one cameo, but then it's not really the xenomorph. And then that was answered in covenant before the filming of covenant. He was just like, yeah, I think the xenomorph is over with. And while he was filming that, that gods on earth film and lo and behold, when we walk into the theater and we see this, this gates of hell, like mural cardboard mural of the alien and the alien and more aliens choking other human beings. It's just, how did we get here? Oh, how did we get here? Isn't that funny? Isn't life funny? It's great. (laughs) Yeah, but that's all I, I, I wanted to present in closing. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll start off again. I didn't really have too much to say about this. Um, yeah, I gave this two and a half out of five because I certainly didn't think this was bad or anything like that. I, I've seen better films this year, and but I've seen worse films, and I will see even more worse films than this. This was just kind of there for me, and um, I don't really have too many hard feelings on, on this one, as I, I may at some point give it another shot because I did enjoy Prometheus so much. Um, so yeah, two and a half out of five for me, um, and I... I just thought this was fine. So, moving on. Yeah, I um, I give this four out of five stars. Yeah. It's okay. one of the most entertaining blockbusters I've seen in quite some time for me personally. Um, there was never not a you know a frame that I wasn't at least entertained by it, and that's all I really want out of any Alien sequels because Alien already exists. So I'm never ever going to think that any of these are going to be as good as that so i'm already just along for the ride and alien covenant is definitely a step in the right direction of me of getting me back to the mindset i had when i first watched the alien uh the the original alien movie so for that alone um i really enjoyed it i think the character of david is one of my I don't know, I'm thinking, especially if a third film comes out, and if I like it as much as I do, maybe I'll hate it, who knows? He can become one of my all-time favorite sci-fi characters. Um, He's a very magnetic yeah. character. And I um, I thought the mise-en-scene is always fantastic from Ridley Scott. There's a, a scene in which, you know, it's your very average uh, ships under turbulence kind of thing, but the way the dashboard lights are flickering went beyond the realm of usual CGI and into actual, I think he had someone behind there with the wire fusing it and unfusing it. And just little details like that. I absolutely loved. And, um, yeah, there's some great shots of like the actual colonists, you know, in the rows of, uh, pods hanging where, and, you know, just the fact that they're suspended too, like in actual air, um, besides the fact that it looks cool. It also just looks like, trouble in and of itself. I mean, nothing good comes from a hanging up. But, um... Oh! Yeah. So, you know, Mm. I like that these people are doomed before they even, you know, get out. Um, So, yeah, I'm a big fan of Alien Covenant. Um, To be honest, it's one of the better blockbusters I've seen in quite some time. And most people are going to disagree with that, but, yeah, at least in this day and age, we're still getting some blockbusters that are, I would say, trying to be more than their franchise. Hmm. Yeah. So, four out of five for me. So, two questions quickly for you. Yeah. And they regard... Yeah. Um, yeah. Actors yeah. From, from the film. Yep. So, specifically, you talked about David becoming one of your 
potentially favorite sci-fi yeah. villain slash characters. But what about Walter? That wasn't where I was going. <laughs> um, so, uh, how much does, for you at least, does Michael Fassbender have to deal with that? Because he plays him in a very certain way. Definitely, yeah. like, 80-20%. Like, 80 being him and okay. 20 being the writing. You know, like, okay. he's taken this to another level in which, because um, I'm not, like, the biggest Michael Fassbender fan. I, I love him in certain things, and mm-hmm. I also despise him in others. So I'm not, like, it's not like if it was Oscar Isaac playing this part, I'd be a little biased or something. Sure. Um, but, no, definitely mostly due to Michael Fassbender, and um, I can't imagine what this entire new franchise would look like without him. Now, saying that... This is a, a franchise that, starting off, was built on Sigourney Weaver and, yeah. the, and the female character. We have Nomi Rapace, who has been sidelined from the series yep. now permanently, for the most part, uh, unless some sort of crazy, weird, cinematic, back-in-time shit happens. Oh, uh, we're cloning. Yeah, it could be. I'm just saying I could see that being a thing. Yeah. Uh, Catherine Waterston, though, no one made a comment about her character through the entire review. True. Um, what, what did you think about, A, her acting, and, and, and B, her character? Because, for me, at least, she just was it was part of her character, but she was just kind of there throughout. Yeah. And then it was obvious I mean, that she was going to make it to the end, and she does, but, yeah. She, she, it's unfortunate for Catherine Waterston, because I like her, and I liked her in this movie. But, A... Because the original movie had Ripley, once again, you're not going to top that. Exactly. And B, Catherine Waterston herself, maybe if she was in Prometheus instead of uh, Nomi Rapace, maybe she would have made more of an impression because Catherine Waterston's character is entering a franchise when the franchise is already kind of leaving her area, so to speak. This is becoming more increasingly David's arc and franchise so she never really had a chance so to speak so i mean she's not bad in it at all and in fact i I liked it i I liked her and i liked when she was on screen um and i do actually think she gives a better performance than numi rapace did and um and one now that i've said that out loud i actually kind of do wish she (laughs) you know could have been because i think that would have made prometheus a little more um i don't know not exciting but engaging okay um but, you know, she's, at this point, her role, no matter who fills it, is more of an obligatory echo of Ripley. And, and that's mm. all that it can ever be until it breaks the mold, which it's not going to do. And that's fine, too, because if Ridley Scott wants to do a female in space movie, he can just don't call an alien and do something different. I think he tried to do that, and then yeah. he just kind of... Oh, it's not alien, but it's actually got the alien DNA. But oh no, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I now I'm going to make a comedy. I wonder if, uh, <laughs> if fuck. Now they know. I wonder if Scott was more just hesitant to because, like you know, I think he is an auteur, and I think you know for him, like I don't think maybe when Prometheus was coming out, he wanted to make a sequel, clearly or prequel, whatever, but did not want to be viewed in the same ilk and likes as his probably um, contemporaries who were just cashing out. Um, or, or just anyone else in this generation of filmmakers. Right. And I, and it's funny because after seeing Prometheus, I actually see what he's thinking or why he thinks that because this is not like, you know, like a movie I loved, Creed, 
is a good movie, but it is also just a Rocky movie. Like, you know, it is nothing but the old template. And I do think he was a little scared that if he just tried to put forth that, you know, brand right away, that no one would have... Uh, would just fall into the same yeah. mold. So I really, I think he was just trying to get it off the ground before it could be labeled as... So. And of course, it didn't work for him because... <laughs> A lot of people did not like that movie, which is understandable. But at least, you know, I think the fact that he named it Alien Covenant is because he's like, especially after he saw Neil Blomkamp, he's ready to just say, no, this is mine. (laughs) So, yeah, four out of five stars for me. Awesome. So, T, if you want to give your closing remarks. For my closing remarks, I'm going to retroactively Mm. go back in time, (laughs) put my hand on my shoulder and say, no, this is not... A three and a half out of five. Okay. Prometheus is a two and a half out of five. Okay. Um, but so two the, years later. Two years later. Making up for lost time. Yep. Just like Ridley Scott himself. <laughs> um, I will give Alien Covenant a three out of five. Okay. I think that it's a. I, I think that it's a superior film. It, 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 to Prometheus. I think it's a superior film, and I feel like it's a film that is more compatible to my palette. Okay. Um, and what I. How does it compare to the earlier Alien films, and not just the first Ridley Scott film, but in the entire universe up until Resurrection? I mean, it's far from... Well, you've only seen the first two, right? I've only seen the first two, so it's far from the the worst. It's it's far from the worst, and it's certainly not the best, um, but I feel like there were some things that were a little grating, um, some references to, like the earlier two films like the whole when they were lifting off and it was panning through the actual corridors of the of of the covenant and you see the little bird the little bird statue thing that's like dipping into the the the, the bowl reference the, to the first film. The, the cup of water yeah and just like does every fucking ship have that thing is it just like i don't want to know about the lore about the fucking Dippy bird, okay. I don't want to need. need I mean, that's that's just an Easter egg, right? (laughs) Who made the bird? I don't know. I don't. That's just all that is. I don't need to know who made the bird. I mean, I just. It's not just that, but I just I felt like it's like okay, that's a little bit obvious. Um, Yeah, that's okay. I think he was going for obvious. (laughs) Yeah, this this film is on a whole much more obvious in its fan service. I think you're that bird. Drinking, drinking up that water. I think you need to fuck up. I think you need to back the fuck off. I think you need to fuck the fuck off. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's my verdict. I give it a three and a half out of five. I mean three. Three? Three, <laughs> three out of five. Sorry. But Prometheus is only three. Yeah. What? No, Prometheus is only two and a half. Oh. Son, if you want to abstain from ratings from now on, that's fine. Might be a good idea. It's not like we have a shit list anymore or a hit list. Well, they, we have them, but we just don't. Yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna go back and update that? Certainly not Nick. <laughs> no. Oh boy. Maybe one, one day. Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. We'll see. One day we should just have a film tank day, where we all get together. Really, the audience doesn't need to know this, but why not? <laughs> well, we all get together. We do that kind of thing together. Because it would take far less time if one person was, like, tallying another person was actually doing the web up to... Anyway, hmm. uh, we do a commentary. we got to do one of those one of these days. Yeah, a lot of things that we've got to... We've got to try to engage new people to come and listen. Which yeah. we're not really doing much yeah. of. So well, we're having fun. That's really all that matters, that's right? That's right. I mean, that's why I we agree. do this. Yeah. So... 
If you have any thoughts on this film, or actually just the Alien series in general, feel free to send them on to us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. Or you can find us also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. So, uh, coming up on the next uh, episode, we're going to talk about a independent film, which actually won the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance this year, which is I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, starring Melanie Linsky. This film was uh, the directorial debut of Macon Blair, who, if you've seen uh, either Blue Ruin or Green Room, uh, either of the Jeremy Saunier films, he is a pivotal character in both of those films, playing one of the main antagonists, uh, along with Patrick Stewart in Green Room, and then also playing the main character in Blue Ruin. And uh, this is a film that is accessible to most people, as it was a, a Netflix film, so it's on Netflix, it's owned by them, uh, and you can see it right now. And it Definitely, because I've seen it already, it definitely goes outside of one specific genre throughout. And it's um, it's it's a film that I think will be at least something we could talk about for, you know, a little while. It'll make for a good episode. Sure. Yeah. So uh, feel free to check that out before our, our next episode and follow along. So... Uh, find this episode, our next episode, and all of our episodes actually on FilmTankShow.com or also on iTunes or Stitcher at Film Tank Show. From Nick Cheney to Son Egan, myself, Alex Diegman, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Film Tank. We'll catch up with you next time. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.